The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live here from Atlanta, Georgia, right before tonight's game on Friday night versus the Brooklyn Nets. Tip-off is at 7.30. It's been a very busy week for me, so I apologize for not recording sooner. But a lot has happened with this Hawks team that it's it's too much to talk about just in this episode. It's going to be an ongoing story with the injuries and obviously the article that came out and we talked about that last episode with Glenn Willis, a uh, friend of the program, a uh, contributor for Peachtree Hoops and has his own podcast with Kevin Chenard, uh, ATL and 29. Really good program. Uh, definitely support him and Kevin if you get a chance, but it's it's a lot going on right now. A lot going on right now. And I'm seeing so many people say, wow, DeJounte Murray is going to be out for two weeks now. Rolled his ankle, uh, sprained his ankle versus the Knicks in a blowout, blowout national national television loss in Madison Square Garden. Very poor effort. I'd have to say Trey Young did not step up. The players you need to step up just didn't you had Jalen Johnson foul out AJ Griffin um since Bogey's been back has not looked the same uh they're probably cutting into each other's space and they have to learn how to play with each other that happens but with the injuries Bogey is thrusted into a more significant role than you would hope I was really hoping we can bring him along slowly but that's not the case now we're going to need him we're going to need him to score with the injuries we have, I mean, we do have DeAndre Hunter at this point questionable for tonight's game. So help is on the way with DeAndre Hunter. So that's a good sign. You're still without John Collins, who I think his value is growing in importance as he's been missing. And I think more fans are growing to appreciate John Collins in his absence, just like they did with Clint Capella in his absence. And to see that Jalen Johnson is not there yet. Uh, He has the intangibles. I think he has the skill set and the athleticism to do the things that John Collins does, but better. Especially on the defensive end. He's not the shooter that John Collins is, but certainly he has the athleticism that Collins has. He has more interchangeability defensively. And as a equal rebounder, I say equal, but... When focused, Jalen Johnson is an above-average rebounder in the NBA. He can get his blocks and steals, and he's a better passer than John Collins. So he has the potential and the intangibles and skills to be better than John Collins. But he's young. Again, he only played less than 11 games, I want to say, at Duke his freshman year. And then last year, he didn't play a lot of minutes. He played a lot of G League minutes. So he is... Still growing in the game of basketball. And as you guys are well, well acquainted with Nate McMillan and his philosophy, he's not 
a developer of youth is more of a sink or swim approach. And he, quote unquote, does not have the time to develop and brings people along slowly, which is why he normally has them sit on the bench or relegate to the G League team in College Park. A.J. Griffin has gained his trust this year because of the actual surprise on defense. He's been playing a lot better. He still needs to get better one-on-one. But off-ball defense and being inserted into a team defensive scheme, A.J. Griffin has been a pleasant surprise. And obviously, we know what he can do scoring the basketball. Jalen Johnson has gained Naaman Miller's trust due to necessity and has shown flashes. He's not consistent yet, though. He's still a young player in these some growth and maturity and some encouragement and development. But it's going to have to happen sooner rather than later because of the injuries to this team. And since the article came out in The Athletic regarding Trey Young and Nate McMillan and the reported friction in the locker room, the Hawks are 0-2. They won the game Friday that Trey Young decided to not attend. And they beat the a top five team in the Western Conference in the Denver Nuggets without Trey Young, without John Collins, and without DeAndre Hunter. And it was a really great team effort. Did not see that team effort against the Thunder. And it was another fourth quarter collapse in that game that just had you scratching your head. Just, just why? I mean, poor defense, a lot of turnovers in that game. You gave up a lot of points in the paint. You got them to the free throw line quite a bit and you didn't get to the free throw line nearly as much as Oklahoma City and it was another lead that you had that was double digits I mean the largest lead the Hawks had was 14 points and they blow it and lose by seven and at one point the Thunder were up by nine so you have a 23 point swing from in the second half essentially and this has been a repeating theme, and the offense was just bad. I mean, they didn't play well defensively. They didn't have the connectivity that they had in that Friday night game. It definitely took a step back and they regressed. They shot 43% from the floor and 34% from three. 34% is not terrible, but the 43% from the floor offensively, and our offense looked bad at times. They just stalled out. And Zach Lowe put out an article on a podcast today um, if you um, subscribe to ESPN Podcast, definitely check it out. Just talking about how Trey Young and DeJounte Murray play, quote-unquote, well together, but they're not enabling each other. They Earlier in the year, they were running, I think he said about eight, nine off-ball screens for Trey Young per 100 possessions, which was triple the number in, the, in his career to this point in the NBA, and it was leading to more successful offensive plays. But they have regressed in that form, and now it's down to one per 100 possessions. We're not using him off the ball. It looks like, and I feared this, when you watched the Houston Rockets with James Harden and Chris Paul or James Harden and Russell Westbrook, where one person is initiating the offense and the other pre, uh, predominant ball handler is standing near half court, just out of the way, not moving offensively, just occupying a man because, hey, th that person can still score. They're still an elite score, but not doing anything to get them involved in off-ball action, to get them clean looks, 
if that primary action doesn't work. This is something that we've been complaining about, that I've been complaining about personally, since I started covering this team. The lack of offensive creativity is infuriating when you have the offensive players that you have on this team. I mean, when healthy, you have A.J. Griffin. You have Jalen Johnson, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Yeka Okongwu, Bogdanovich, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. You have some pieces to work with offensively. And if you had just a coach or a system that had just an inkling more of offensive creativity, we'd have a completely different conversation than the fact that this offense has regressed since last year. It's an adjustment period. It's going to take time, but it's infuriating to watch the lack of offensive creativity and the lack of buy-in from the star player to if you have a voice and you're using that voice to put out articles to get Nate McMillan out the door, which fans are clamoring for when this man has gone to the playoffs twice and produced winning seasons in in his stint. Injuries are not going to get him fired. Get that out of your head. If you can't get that out of your head, don't listen to this program. And continue to root for your team to fail, if that's what you want. Continue to root for this team to just collapse. Because there's no way Naomi Miller's going to get fired because of some article about, let's be real, a star player being selfish and thinking about himself over his teammates. And even if the alternatum was given by Naomi Miller, which was wrong on his part, and I'm not going to discredit you know, his hand in this, They both got to communicate better, which is what that meeting in Oklahoma City over the summer was supposed to be about. And clearly that did nothing for their relationship, working relationship on this team to help this team out. It's not. So you're Trey Young and you make the decision because for whatever reason to say, you know what, I am going to go home. I'm not going to come off the bench. I'm not going to be in the arena supporting my teammates. I'm going to go home and watch the game. Y'all want to talk about how bad this article looks about uh, to, about Nathan Millen? You know, the Matt Barnes, and he was talking about an auto smoke, and I respect Matt Barnes, but his point of view was already skewed because he did not like Nathan Millen, and the person that he had on the show did not like Nathan Millen as well, so they were just tag-teaming on him. They sounded like you fans, coming from a skewed point of view. But when you're being objective, everybody needs equal blame in this. And the fact that we are not talking about Trey Young in that he is causing some of the problems in this locker room and that he has to take initiative upon himself to grow as a leader, take onus and take responsibility and be accountable for his own actions, which was that was Nathan Miller trying to do, was hold him accountable for not going to shoot around and giving him a punishment. Yes, you're the star player. Yes, you're the franchise player of this team. We paid you a lot of money because you are the face of the Atlanta Hawks and we need you to win. We need you to win. We need you to lead. But when you make decisions like this, that's not leading. That's not leading. That's being selfish and it's showing some immaturity that he needs to work through. I'm not attacking Trey as a guy, a person. I mean, he's a new father. I'm sure he's growing and developing in fatherhood. He's still young. Still a lot of life lessons to be learned. So, I mean, we have to continue to give these guys some grace because when you were 22, 23, 24, you didn't have all the answers. I'm 29 now. I damn sure don't have the answers. I'm still figuring out life myself. But when you are paid to be the franchise player, you have to have a level of responsibility to this team. 
And that's what that spat was about, was accountability and responsibility. That is not there. And in turn, it turned into an article being leaked out to create a smear campaign that is firing up the fire Nick McMillan base and putting further pressure on this organization to succeed that they already had coming into the season. They already had a lot of pressure because a lot of fans dislike Nate McMillan's philosophy. He is outdated. I agree. There are some things that I wish he would do better. Offensively, he is not the greatest coach. He is not an offensive mind. He's a defensive mind, and he's had a lack of defensive personnel. He's finally getting that this year, and they're better defensively. But all you guys are complaining about is we traded away Kevin Herter and we're not making three-point shots, and the offense looks bad. That is true in itself, which is why I was hoping Joe Prunty being elevated to associate head coach was going to give him a level of responsibility to infuse some more creative, creative offensive practices and plays to bring the best out of everybody. We have not seen that in, I mean, what is it now? 25 games into the season? It's still relatively early. We have three quarters of an NBA season left, but a sense of urgency needs to come about this team who everybody who's available sooner rather than later. That Thunder loss was tough. You gave up 121 points, and that team just outcompeted you, outworked you. I told you guys this team plays hard. It was going to be an interesting game. A lot of people dismissed it. I say we should win this game, but it's going to be tougher than people think. And you let Shea Gilgis-Alexander drop 35 on you. 15 free throw attempts made off 15. Six rebounds, five assists, two steals. Giddy had 17 points, five rebounds, four, four assists. They had six players in double digits. Six players in double digits. And then you look at the Hawks, that game. DeJounte Murray had a good game, good game. Uh, 24 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. 10 of 21 shooting from the floor, three of five from three. Trey Young had 23 points, 10 assists, three rebounds. Four turnovers, seven turnovers combined between your backcourt. That is less than 10. I'll take it. Uh, six and 19 shooting from the floor from Trey Young. Still not efficient. One of seven from three. 10 of 11 from the free throw line. 14 and, 14 and 16 from Capella. Continues to do well on the glass. A.J. Griffin with 11 points, but not an efficient shooting night. 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals. But again, four 15 from the floor and three of nine from three. Jalen Johnson played 29 minutes, played a solid game. Gave you seven points, nine rebounds, three assists. And then you look on the bench. Okongu gave you nine points, eight rebounds. Bogey had his best game back. Obviously, he's only played three games, but 17 points off the bench. Hit five three-pointers. Looked good. And Jared Culver with nine points off the bench. The collapse was the stagnant offense in the second half. The turnovers that led to easy buckets for the Thunder. And the Thunder just outcompeted you. And then you went to New York on a national television and came out flat. DeJounte Murray gets hurt. You get outscored by 11 in the first quarter. You fought back a little bit in the, in the second quarter, had a nice little run, but then they pushed the run out going into halftime. And then the Knicks never looked back. 36-point third quarter, put the nail on the coffin for you. I mean, Julius Randle had more threes than the whole team, had as many threes as the whole Hawks team had the whole game. When you're getting trounced like that, you're looking for your leader to step up. 
Trey Young was minus 26 plus minus in the garden. After debuting his dope shoes, saying king of the garden, king of Madison Square Garden. Truly, that was not the case. 19 points on 20 shots, 9 of 20 shooting from the floor, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, minus 26 plus minus. Capella gave you 13 and 11. Outside of a Congo off the bench with 10, you only had three players in double digits. You shoot poor from the field. You shot 30, just under 38% from the floor. Just under 17% from three. Just, just a, a embarrassing performance. I know the injury to Murray was deflating. It was. It was deflating. And I'm not going to you know, discredit that. I'm not going to discredit that. But that's when you want your leaders to step up and lead this team. That's where you want Trey Young to have one of those games in the garden where he does his thing. That's where you want, you know, A.J. Griffin to, you know, catch fire with some threes behind the arc. You want Bogey maybe hit some shots. Congo gives you some electrifying plays. But you just did not get it. You did not get it. You did decent protecting the paint. You only gave up 36 points in the paint. But you allowed the Knicks to shoot 47% from three. They made 17 threes to your six threes. You get out-rebounded. You only had 16 team assists compared to 26 for the Knicks. 16 team assists, 11 turnovers. 15 points off those turnovers. Just Just as bad as a performance as far as following up what happened the game against the Thunder, as you can imagine. Now you're sitting at, I mean, like I said, if DeAndre Hunter can play tonight, that's that's a lift. And as of right now, it is two hours out from, from tip-off. I'm not seeing anything out about DeAndre Hunter as far as if he's going to play. But times are not good. Apparently, according to multiple sources now, what ha- took what took place in the locker room between Trey Young and Nate is worse than people are letting on, and it's clearly showing in the performance on the, on the court. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that after this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges? Before any other rank list, I know which one, it's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com. And click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily 
for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. As I stated at the top of the program, Hawks are 0-2 since the article has been leaked. Nate's gaining the wrong national attention right now. And similarly, the campaign being created as far as trying to force him out because there's turmoil in the locker room is growing. It is absolutely growing. You lose DeJounte Murray in that game against the Knicks. And I say that guy needs to be the leader of your team. You're missing your glue guy in Collins and a piece in Hunter at this point. The Hawks are battling a lot of adversity right now. And this is when you need leaders to step up. And if you have your star player and your head coach feuding, neither you can't count on neither of them to step up. There's a lot of young players on this team. Bogey's coming back from injury. Does it fall on Clint Capella? Maybe Clint Capella is the one that has to step up and rally the troops. Someone has to step up. I've said this before the season started. Who's going to be the leader of this team? There's a lack of leadership on this team. Who is going to hold people accountable? Because if the head coach can't hold the star player accountable, what's he there for? What's he there for? And if the star player is not going to take accountability and constructive criticism, how are you going to trust him to lead? And then DeJounte Murray is new, but I think he can be the leader of his team. But now he's hurt. And now the dynamic between him and Trey that you're trying to work through on the court that is digressing as the season goes on is going to be on hold because he's out for at least two weeks. Where's your leadership going to come? Trey's going to have to step up and lead. Like I said, the article tried to paint Nick McMillan as a villain. And yes, he's a slightly out-of-touch coach who may have lost this locker room. May have. Because of his practices, his stubbornness, his philosophy. And I get that. And that is 100% on Naaman Millen. That's a fact. But Trey Young is a player that needs to mature himself, as I said earlier. Choosing yourself over your teammate in that incident was not a good look. And now you have to lead this team beyond your scoring and your playmaking. You have to enable the teammates that are available. You have to put trust in them. You have to get them going. You have to speak life into them so that they can play with more life on the court. You're going to have to infuse more ball movement. You can't take bad shots. Your 20 shots, nine of them can't be three-pointers. If you're going to take 21 shots a game, at most, seven need to be threes. At most, in my opinion, seven need to be threes to improve efficiency, and give you more high-percentage shots. If it's tough, as far as with your stature, and there's a lot of bodies in the paint making it hard for you to shoot, that's when you need to run sets to get everybody else the ball. Run a set to get A.J. Griffin a clean look, Bogey a clean look, a, a clean cut for Okongwu. You know, do your floater or maybe do a, an alley-oop to Clint Capella. Something to get this team going. Like I said, I don't know if Nate's truly lost the locker room like the media said. It could be an over-exaggeration. They're just taking this story and running with it. But like I said, I don't think him and Nate, are, uh, Nate and Trey are seeing eye to eye at this point. And it's affecting the locker room. And it's affecting how people are seeing both of them. 
So there's a lack of trust in them because they can't get it together and they're not on the same page. So the whole team is not on the same page. And losing is not going to help remedy this. And the way you're losing games is not going to help remedy this. Like I said, everyone says that there needs to be a trade on this team. Maybe. But you're not going to get what you think if you trade John Collins now. His value is falling. What needs to happen is Trey Young and Damon Miller need to put their stubbornness and pride and ego aside and have a true sit down with upper management and talk this through. And then once they have their conversation, then they need to have a team meeting about accountability, about transparency, about maybe apologizing to them about how they've handled things and trying to repair their relationship and repair trust that has clearly been fractured in this locker room. This is all outside in. I'm not in the locker room. I don't have flies on the wall or cameras in the locker room feeding me this information. This is all from observation and from reports. So I'm just giving my opinion. But my opinion is that they need to hash this out with management. They need to have a grown man sit down and talk about this. Maybe it happened yesterday on this road trip. You're away from home. You're in a hotel. You go to a conference room. You talk it out. And then you bring your teammates in and you apologize for how things were handled. Trey Young, did you apologize to your teammates for not showing up for them? Did you? Nate, are you going to be accountable for your actions or lack thereof at times? Putting it on the players when you're inept in some areas as a coach, maybe you're not giving your staff the tools or enabling them to, you know, take ownership and be more creative in those areas, especially offensively. Something needs to give. If they don't hash this out, this team is going to further become unstable to force trades and force some rather interesting dilemmas and interesting decisions that need to be made maybe prior to trade deadline or in the offseason. Because something needs to spark this team to play for one another and play that team basketball that we saw in Friday's win over Denver. That's possible every night. But everybody has to be on the same page and clearly everyone is not. That's the episode. I mean, they have a tough Nets team who's been playing very well. The Nets are 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. They're now a game or half a game above the Hawks. Your Hawks are now fifth in the Eastern Conference. Still not bad. And if you get DeAndre Hunter, at least you have someone else there scoring and defending that can help your, your team. So you're still fifth. You have a tough Brooklyn Nets team that you're taking on the road tonight. They're playing well. They're playing better defensively. We'll see what happens. We'll see how they respond from the Knicks. I hope they do. You know who the Nets have. You know it's going to be an offensive game. You're going to have to bring it offensively as a team. It doesn't have to all be on Trey Young. It does not need to be all on Trey Young. It has to be as a team. And then on Sunday, you come back home, you take on the Bulls. The Bulls are struggling, but hell. Winnable games have not been winnable for the Atlanta Hawks, especially with the turmoil and the lack of trust and not everybody on the same page in this locker room. So something's going to have to give. That's pretty much the episode today. I apologize for not recording. I said it's been a really busy week of work. 
But you guys knew I had a lot to say, and I and I was going to say it. I didn't get enough, get as much into the numbers. I'm just going to just talk my stuff, talk what's going on, and we're going to see what happens tonight. I hope you see a better performance. Hell, I know you do too. I mean, I cover this team, so I'm trying not to be a fan, but I'm being objective, and objectively, things are not going well. And objectively, it's not just Naaman Millen. It's your star player, Trey Young. And crap rolls downhill. I wanted to not say the the real version of you know that phrase, but crap runs downhill and clearly is leading to a locker room of distrust and turmoil and instability. I mean, I love the song Rock the Boat by Aaliyah, but we don't need to rock this boat too much here in Atlanta. Now we need some calm waters to sail forward. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully it starts tonight. If not, maybe you come home and you get energized by the home crowd against the Bulls. We'll see what happens. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Please go and rate my show, whether you're listening to it on Spotify, whether it's on Apple, wherever you get your podcast, please give us a rating. Give us a review. We love to hear your feedback. Uh, it's five stars so far. Uh, I want to continue to have that rating, but you know what? You got to be objective when you listen to my show, too. So I appreciate whatever feedback you give. And I just appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know the drill. Share with people. Tell people about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. I keep it real. Um, you know, guys, I'm a positive person. Glass half full type of guy. But I got to call it for what it is. And I wanted to this episode because that is the feeling in this town around the Hawks. And it's spewing out nationwide. Things that should have been internal in the locker room is spewing out. So we got to address it and we got to talk about it. And as it spreads out nationwide, tell more people about this Hawks program. You know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at EthosHawks. On Twitter, that's at EthosHawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jared67. That's Brad J A R R E T T67. We're going to catch you guys next time. Hopefully the Hawks get it together. If not, going to be another doozy of an episode uh, for you guys. So go Hawks and we'll catch you guys next time.